नमस्ते ट्वेंटी मार्च 1914, 3:30 पीएम। समथिंग ट्रांसपायर्ड इन दैट वन मोमेंट विच वॉज ए मोमेंट ऑफ इटर्निटी दे इज ए लाइन इन सावित्री वैश्य बिंदु स्पीक्स अबाउट अ पर्टिकुलर मोमेंट ऑफकोर्स दैट मोमेंट इज डिस्क्राइब्ड वेन सत्यवान इज कैरीड बाई डेथ एंड सावित्री इन विद ए सडन वायलेंट अपसर्ज ऑफ द डिवाइन विल she holds him like a white pearl in eternity and then she describes it as a deathless moment as if love's deathless moment had been found so something similar but on a different level altogether it was a deathless moment in which the seeds of a new world were cast that's how i look at it and all the subsequent events have been to how to bring that seed out so if you really look at the period before 1914 it's classically the old world order which we may as well say was a disorder hardening into law and in this old world order which was apparently governed by reason the cycle of reason had started uh, way back from socrates the entire european renaissance with voltaire and many of these people around uh, let's say 1700 its hub was france the old world renaissance where reason took the supremacy and in that world things were organized the way reason understood and the way reason understood things is uh, well epitomized when this old world order was beginning to break in the famous um, comment that churchill made you know <laughs> he said that well india is going in the hands of uh, india is not ready for independence because uh, it will be in the hands of hooligans and uh, all kinds of unspeakables uh, impersonally and rationally he was not wrong but he didn't know that there is a turn that is taking place around that time Shubhendra also foresaw it in 1930s. He wrote in a letter to uh, Nirodha that uh, India's independence, all that is decided. But I am wondering with what India will do with its freedom, Bolshevism, Gunda Raj. Things look ominous. In other words, if we see, there was a state of anarchy, and out of that state of anarchy, a new world order was going to emerge. This is true of each moment when a new world order or a new cycle of time is going to emerge that there is an anarchy when the old order is broken and a new world order begins to emerge or is yet not in the side but a kind of state of chaos confusion through which world has to pass at a uh, to take a little side track but something which um, connects with all of us this happens even in individual life so the first anarchic moment when we can recreate is, our world is at 20 approximately we don't stick with the age so at 20 there is adolescent turmoil when we can rebuild our world we are no more our papa's child or mama's child and we need to discover who we are the second comes at 40 so in 40 is we have lived life according to a certain way of life now we can rethink recalibrate reorient See, this is what was enshrined in the Indian thought of the four ashramas. So you have the brahmacharya, then the grahast, 
Now the Van Prasthashram. Then the third comes at 60. So they are like the four seasons of life. So you go through the spring, summer, rains. 40 to 60 is a purification process. So much is brought out which is ugly, dark and it has to go through a whole process of purification. And then finally, we see that 80, when all is cleansed and autumn, when the entire consciousness is withdrawn within for a new creation. So something very similar happens. Every time there is the Leela of the Avatar, we see this happening. When Ram came, we see this happening. You know, the whole old world order was what? Rakshas are there, Asuras, and then there was the Kishkinda, and there was a rudiment of a human civilization. But the world was still governed by a certain kind of order, which may use the word law. So the subject law and liberty. So law is basically a uh, method by which we try to organize a society. Liberty is the need of an individual. Because as they say, freedom is our birthright. Freedom is an attribute of the divine. He builds in freedom. That's why he builds it so beautifully. Just the example we saw in that, uh, yeah, just now in this garden. So little conversation which followed and Rajan Bhai was asked that, you know, uh, this garden has come up so beautifully and he says that, no, no, <laughs> he was not satisfied. He said, we have done nothing nothing for it. I hope I am quoting correctly, more or less. But you see, that's the beauty. That when you don't much interfere, nature has its own ways of bringing out things. So, there is a kind of order which we see in the time of Ram. There is the Asuric civilization, there is the animal. Vanara is not animal. The other day we were reading about it. Vanara, Shivabindu describes in records of yoga, is a human with an ape-like nature. And then here there is the human civilization which is developing, you know, along the banks of river Saraswati. And then we see that the three merge, mingle, there is clash, fight. Vanara summits to the human, the Asura resists and after all that chaos... A more humanized humanity is born. And then Shri Krishna, Shri Krishna is revolution. That's how Shivinda puts it at one place. Krishna is revolution. So he changes the entire order that time, the, the axis powers which were like Shivinda's time, the axis powers were all spread over. That time the axis powers were Kans, uh, Jarasand and Shishupal. They wanted to conquer the whatever world that there was and Shri Krishna one by one breaks them and creates a new world order based on Dharma. So, then again we see that over a period of time, Dharma Siglani, to, to, to go fast forward, we see that if the world was organized by reason more and more and the western world epitomized this world of reason. And this led us as far as it could, lot of technical, technological, scientific discoveries and this impression that success and therefore this is superior but there is a new world order which was waiting to emerge and that is the intuitive. So, rational world order has a tendency to uh, standardize everything. You see, this uh, I may sound very um, strange because it's not very good to hear. It is said that everyone is equal before the eye of law. But this is not a reflection of divine law. Divine doesn't operate like that. See? How he sides with Arjuna. <laughs> How he <laughs> even changes the ways of nature. Because this equality is a flattening that everybody is same. That is how death says to Savitri. This is the whole, whole Savitri is about law and liberty. 
that doesn't matter satyavan must die this is the law and savitri says i have come to change the law he says no this is the law he says well it may be a law for there are kind of beings for whom this law is valid or death live a while be still my instrument but there are those for whom liberty becomes the way of life or becomes the law so we see these two tendencies going together liberty when it when any civilization or in or or a society uh, begins to speak about liberty and um, you know individuals there is a kind of anarchy which comes because something was imperfect in the old order we see that happening everywhere including the indian uh, thought and ethos and this liberty breaks the old world order but then because man is also a social being there is need of a new world order you can't go back to the old otherwise it'll be like shiva and uh, daksh prajapati so you have to discover the new law the new law of being so this is what is happening so if we look at it from the point of view of creation if you go to the extreme material level and in this we'll find the reconciliation ultimate reconciliation be- between liberty and law as uh, we experience for instance people often ask is everything fixed or things can change again we look at it flattening everything that is everything applies to everyone at the same time it doesn't because world is graded hierarchically there are different stages of evolution what applies at one level doesn't apply at another so at the most material level there is a absolutely strict rigid determinism you are bound hand and foot and mouth by the law that's what shri krishna says in the gita yantra rudini maya if you and wh- what this law is doing why it is such an iron law at material level and that's why your body which is still under it you know all the problems if you go below the atom there is nothing but chaos and anarchy quantum physicists you know depending on how you look at it they start behaving there is a randomness which is beyond so there is a very hard order because you have to crystallize material substance you can't do it without that so those of us who live in the physical consciousness the law will be very hard rigid deterministic that's what shubindu says that um, why does god hammer this world uh, in such a fierce way he says because it is still like iron raw iron but when mankind becomes more noble more supple then he will change his ways if it is rock like it is hammered when mankind becomes more supple like plastic clay he changes the ways so this is exactly at the level of material determinism there is no freedom or there is some freedom in the sense that uh, to an extent the electron and there is some kind of semblance of freedom but this is a complete and if we are submerged in the material consciousness that's why all yogis remind us don't be so attached to this materialistic consciousness because you will be bound by the law that's what in savitri savitri says that my love is not uh, just a physical attraction it's not just a heart charm because then you are bound by the law death will be certain and that's why for material body till now death has been certain because that's how it is it's unconscious bound by the law but the first change cry for liberty we see with life so when life emerges out of matter just imagine what does it do we often speak of algae and probiotic no it gives so many varieties of elements the periodic table 
it is the cry of life wanting to have variety why does this these so many elements emerge it's crying i want to be different i want but then it cannot and then finally life emerges and we see so many such a variety right up to the birds flying into the sky so there is immense variety and for each group there is a kind of law of the species within which it's like a magic circle imagine if any of these creatures breaches the law if snakes start taking a fancy to human homes or tigers start roaming out of the wild they say ah lovely homes air condition is there <laughs> what will be our state uh, and of course vice versa what <laughs> so we see that in the animal world life breaks the law this is a cry for liberty but then nature creates a more flexible law so at animal level determinism is not strictly strict and rigid already we see a difference animals know for example how to heal the bodies a new element has come and then we come to the mind now with the coming of the mind there is another kind of anarchy there is a need for freedom this is what we see nowadays we are talking about intellectual freedom this much we understand as mental beings now that vital freedom is no more acceptable vital freedom is the law of the jungle that's where rama changed the the way law of the jungle was might is right this is what wali tells rama that why have you killed me you are supposed to be the guardian of dharma where did i go wrong so that's the law that time if you are strong you win and nature has given you strength if you look at the logic of it nature has given you strength it is a cube you do like this so what's wrong in my exercising my strength to expand my empire so ram brings the temperance moderation a more balanced satvik outlook a more rational outlook a higher buddhi so to say so human beings become human when they uh, subdue the vital animal with the help of reason that's what is the hallmark of humanity that's where morality ethics everything comes into play so in that morality there is all kinds of things which are you know which which create uh, each age has its own morality but we all know that how inadequate it is the most moral societies become the most corrupt why because it breeds hypocrisy it's not consistent with human nature whereas when we look at india it always understood this so it had a very large liberal way of life the only place where truly speaking um, i mean this is a lesson people should learn that india is the only land which nurtured and developed diversity people say how caste system is a proof of diversity it accepted different grades of humanity it didn't flatten them and said for each a different law applies this is something very different so it was not based on religion that you have a, another code and no if a person was submerged more and more in the physical consciousness the law and the rules were different if you go to manu smriti the other day i was speaking about it maximum rules and regulations are for brahmins it's unfortunately spoken of as brahminism but brahmins had a tough time <laughs> the brahmins couldn't uh, ask money they had to live on the society should understand that they are uh, busy doing tapasya so you know somebody had to maintain them <laughs> then with the kshatriyas but for vaishya and shudra you will find hardly any rules or regulations or laws but the kshatriyas were meant to take care of 
the lawlessness that may prevail. So it was a very interesting system which allowed each group and each section to follow their own natural sodharma, showed them a path and yet there was a hierarchy of laws and those who were highest in the hierarchy were the those who had to render the law. See, today it's so different. You can become judge simply because you have cleared an exam. You may be the North Korean president, but you have a right to learn about nukes. This is how reason operates. It tries to bring standardized perfection, which is a non-starter. Because the world is diverse, it, it enjoys its diversity. Whereas in ancient times, who could be the king? There are such things, I mean, it's unimaginable. You had to represent Vishnu and, you know, later on when kings stopped doing it, they were thrown away by, of course, we know Chanakya, but much earlier, Sri Krishna himself, when they deviated from this truth. And who was guiding them? The Brahmins, those who had the Brahmins, now not like caste because you are a Nagar or Sharma or Pandey, you don't become a Brahmin. But when you, you are a, really a seeker of truth, your life should reflect it. If your conduct, your life is filled with aspiration, seeking, then you become, you, you were supposed to guide the society. So there was a stratification and that's why the word of the Brahmin was considered as the ultimate. Which the Kshatriya was meant to execute. He can't say that, you know, I won't. If King Vasist or King Vishwamitra or Rishi Vishwamitra said something, uh, Janak and Dashrath had to listen because this is how the order was maintained and they had to ensure the political administration, which is what Kshatriya is about, they had to ensure that this is uh, kept in check. Now, this is how it, this order was maintained. And just imagine, this is the only order which has proved itself for nearly 10,000 years. And even now, its outer form is broken, which must, because, you know, now outer forms has become... But the inner truth still remains. You still have people who are knowledge-oriented, still have people who are into power and administration and politics. Still you have people who are, you know, businessmen and industrialists. And still you have people who are artisans who work with hand. It's something which is inner truth. But it is going to now come in a new way. This so first aspect of law is that it must appreciate diversity. But this appreciation of diversity is not the way reason tries to bring it. How does reason create diversity? It says, well, everybody has a right to opinion. Of course, everybody has a right to opinion. There is no doubt about it. And every always there was a right to opinion. Even in Lord Rama's time, Adhobi had a right to opinion. <laughs> Only in Ravana's empire, there was no right to opinion. The moment Vibhishna says something or Malewan said something, they were out. But... What more you want? But this right to opinion in India, there was a very beautiful term which uh, cannot be translated really in English language. You know, what was law called in um, Hindi or Sanskrit? Most people will say Kanun Vyavastha. But imagine how do you translate Sanatan Dharma? It is the eternal law. Law literally means that it has to be aligned with the deep fundamental truths of our being. You can't just suddenly bring in a mentalized structure and frame and impose it and say this is law. Kanun vyavastha. I don't know whether kanun word ever existed or not. 
I am not an expert that way, but from whatever I have read, uh, especially Manu Smriti and Parashar Smriti, and these were the, uh, there is nothing like that. It's dharma, and they speak of dharma, and the purpose of order was that it leads a society towards dharma. So now, what is the purpose of law or kanun avyavastha? To render justice, which sometimes is rendered after thirty years after the man has gone into grave. That way, the the uh, <laughs> the evangelist um, when Portuguese uh, took over Goa, the <laughs> I must mention this: the the English man, not the English man, but the Christian empire which came. So they uh, had a way of rendering justice. It's just as an aside. What kind of order reason had created? So, if they went and somebody got converted from, let's say, Janardhan to John Johnny, okay, <laughs> so he can keep his property. Otherwise, his property will be taken away by the Portuguese. And all this was documented at the behest even of somebody called Saint Francis of Xavier, whom we adore. So his property could be taken, but if he becomes John Johnny, his property is safe. But now there was a twist in the tale. Now John Johnny got converted, but he remembered I am a Saraswat Brahmin, so he followed all the rituals of the Saraswat Brahmin while in public life he was John Johnny. Now imagine after his death, when it was discovered that this fellow has fooled us. Ordinarily. Once you become John Johnny, your son becomes Smith. Smith inherits the property of John Johnny. But if a neighbor tells that he was only namesake John Johnny, but he was still Janardhan in his spirit, so the property after the death of that person could be taken away by the Portuguese state. This was the world that reason had built. Shabindu uses the word disorder hardening into law. Why? Because. A rational world had built a success story. You see, this is an unfortunate thing in this world, as they say, nothing succeeds than success. If you are successful, if you are a conqueror, you are right always. So this is how law started getting imposed, and it started becoming a kind of disorder because human consciousness is still that animal. As I said, this doesn't work out. Still, it went as far as it could go. and now we see another transition which is taking place so in a rational world order dharma goal ultimate goals were not there why you should have justice to render uh, law is to render justice and i have just given example of what justice could mean it could mean different thing depending on how you really understand justice for instance uh, if you look at um, the ancient scriptures in sanatan dharma so uh, what was the basis of origin of dharma law so they said there is fourfold one is the vedas second is those who have attained to a high degree of realization walking on the path of dharma who are well versed in the vedas then the acharan of the holy people and finally your own deeper intuitive sense so interesting they had catered for liberty true liberty is only when we really consult something very deep within us like an intuitive sense which is what we see awakening in mankind 
so now this old structure is breaking so there is bound to be a kind of anarchy which is going to take place because whenever the old structure has to break there will be anarchy so there were the wars which break broke the larger world order now there are individual groups we we know all that story we know from the 60s we want no education from there to a complete breakdown of all political systems uh, total anarchy and sometime people are very afraid of it and they want to somehow break you know crash it it doesn't work like that or they go back to the old way the old way is let's sit and discuss it won't work like that because it's not a repeat or rehash of the rational world order so what are we going to do reason fails us two people very rational people sitting together and discussing thing what comes out you can see on the television debates i mean not the paid ones otherwise on the debates at the end they will say we agree to disagree which is okay but how do you then execute something you can agree to disagree as far as your personal life is concerned or idea is concerned but in execution how do you execute when you agree to disagree or when you take the system of democracy democracy is a failed thing shubindu saw it he you know there is a very interesting experience of the mother where she sees shubindu playing with a ball just imagine shubindu playing with the ball and then he tells the mother this is uh, become worn out can you get me a new one so touching many of those this 1960s and the mother says yes yes the time has come to get you a new ball and she says the old ball is democracy so it won't work out we may try whatever we may do it is going to break down because it's neither consistent with the inner dharma truth of things at the same time we don't know what is the new world order which is going to emerge of course the ultimate one we know shubindu says that in the beginning there is anarchy in the end there is a divine anarchy uh, that's where swami vivekananda said when every human being will have his own religion or way of life law of being then you can know that the mankind is ready that will be the ultimate state and to an extent you see shubindu and the mother they kept it like this that's why in the ashram there is so much freedom there is nothing which is uh, you can say as a hard and fixed rule the only rule if at all is there is turn to the mother open to the mother live always as if the mother is looking at you uh, to be centered around the mother if you want to put it as a rule but that's largely an inner rule you bear the consequences if you don't do that and if uh, and if you for the rest of your life it will undergo what it has to undergo if you keep this central rule in place that's what is known as the golden rule so now this new age is coming in which there is a new impulsion which has started the spiritual impulsion and its first uh, we can see that it's declaring itself in number of ways one is the cry for freedom spiritual life is about freedom but as i said just as this pole there is complete as mother says from head to foot you are bound by chains if you are in matter from head to foot you are completely free at the other pole which is spirit that is the interesting part there cannot be liberty and freedom unless we have become one with the spirit and the mother speaks about it very interestingly she says you know my child the only freedom truly possible 
is in union with the Lord. There is no other freedom. But the mind's cry for freedom is that I have my rights. I will do what I feel like, whatever seems rational to me. Not realizing that that age is gone. So that's not going to work. We may stretch it and drag it. So then what is the way forward? Because if that is not going to work, we can't also have the rule of the jungle. Sanatan dharmas, those external forms are gone, but the inner truth is always intact. How are we going to discover the new law? And the mother gave something very interesting. The only word she herself says, there is no equivalent in any language. She again says that the only way I can explain how each one should discover and connect with what the divine wants you to do. She says there is only one word which is the most perfect and she uses the word dharma. In the entire conversation you will find of the mother, this is the only place where she says. So each one has to discover his own dharma, swadharma. Focus should be now on that rather than creating a standardized perfection. So where do we begin? We have to start with education systems. Right now human beings are completely through and through uh, still molded by the rational mold. What is the sodharma of each one? And according to the sodharma, each has its place. For example, in a typical democracy, it is LCM, least common multiple. You have 700 people or 7000 people and everybody comes and we all know. It, it means uh, whatever is the maximum tendency and sometimes you feel, keep. you remember one of the predictions I read today in one of the Odia uh, what is that Bhavishya scripture in, in Odisha? I am forgetting the name. It speaks about the Bhavishya. And it says, when Kalyug will end, <laughs> so he will be happy to know. He says, when a king in India will come for, first for 3 days, then 13, nay, 13 days, then for three or four years, then you should know that Kalyukulan. We all know who that king of India was. <laughs> Malika, that's right. Thank you. Say that again. When will come? End. End. So it says Kalyukulan, when a king in India will rule first for 13 days and then for three years, over three years, that is the time when Kalyukulan. So that king was very evidently if you try to you know, put it into perspective. So if you look at even the turn of the century was an interesting transition. Right at the beginning it shows the foolishness of democracy. You look at that event. I remember it. It's not about BJP or Congress. That's not relevant. People cried. Why they cried? Because they could see. Now they are talking about death of democracy. Democracy died that day. When a person who was duly elected, everybody loved him and wanted, who could have taken India into a new age, the man who is credited with the you know creation of the atom bomb and many such things, he he was just thrown out because that's how democracy operates. It died that day. It's like the day Abhimanyu died, the rules of the game were changed. You can't go by the rules of the game. So it died. Now we are only putting the last nail in the coffin. That's it. So... What has to come? Now this is where we have entered into the subjective age. Where children want to explore. They want freedom. They want more space. They want to discover themselves. 
So individually we have to allow that. This is the new age. You just can't help it. You can't suppress uh, things by a forced external order. That won't work. Equally, rational way of organizing society won't work. Both are gone. So the new is the subjective age in which which will open the doors to a spiritual age. This is a dangerous passage. Shobindo has said the subjective age is not going to be easy because we will mistake the vital for the true self. We will mistake the mind for the true self. Till we eventually, like uh, Indra and Virochana's story, discover that you know the soul is the truth within us. But this has to be allowed because otherwise we all believed in soul in India. But all died, you know, no, cried, not died when somebody died. I have always wondered. We believe in rebirth. Why do we cry? Why do we weep? Because if you really believe that there is a soul and in rebirth, and most people in, in the Indian subcontinent believe, why should you really cry? Okay, emotions are attached, sentiments are attached, but very soon you will emerge back. You know, he is on the onward journey. Rationally, you will know it. So this has to go now. It's an age when belief and belief systems are gone and we have to discover that inside. How are we going to do it in a collective life? So there are several ways. It can't be done by, as I said, rational democratic process nor can it be done by suppressing forcefully. So the third way which has to be done, one at the micro level, Change education so that more and more it, it incorporates self-discovery like the ancient days and not again, once again, how many marks the person got. Now this is happening already. This shift is taking place. It will take time but the shift has started. And collectively to once again understand that this society or any society, it is arranged hierarchically because of the evolutionary impulsion. Evolution means hierarchy. We may not like it. It exists. In nature, it exists. Can you tell, uh, you know, mouse and an elephant? That basically, both of you are equal. Mouse will say, sir, keep this knowledge to yourself. So, individually, the education system and the society must be organized in a wide and plastic way. In fact, the word mother has said is that institutions must become wide and plastic. So the age of institutions is over because institutions were very much built by reason. Standard classrooms, standard marks. This will not work out. Wideness and suppleness. See, mother has used such words. She has used the word free progress. And you know when she was asked what is free progress? She said... Progress guided by your soul. You know what is the equivalent word in Hindi? Swadharma. Progress guided by your soul. And the same thing will apply as we move towards the collective organization of society. Society exists in a stratified way. It exists because there is an evolutionary hierarchy. And therefore those who must govern must be the highest examples in terms of public probity, something which Ram had set as a benchmark. See, right now what happens? If you are a minister or if you are a governor, your actions are seen in a different lens. Whereas the common man, for him, law applies in a very hard way. It should be the other way around. 
if you are in the governing body of anything you should be under much more stricter because you are the person who has to set an example and those who are exemplars those who are uh, well not well versed in the vedas but those who have discovered the inner truth the rishis the rishis has nothing to do with wearing a Uh, dhoti and putting a tripund obviously we know that all those vermilion caste mark janeo all that is broken thankfully uh, but those who have awakened to the truth there will be few people but it is that word which should be counted more than just because reason has picked up certain people as representative we can talk even about oroville you know how do we have the governing council it's not based on those who are inwardly developed and have the seer vision or at least some kind of a deep grounding so you see this is bound to create a difficult situation it will going to create more and more anarchy so the whole thing has to change people who are deep into it and in in our context we are very fortunate because we have ultimately the the mother and shurbindo at the but there there are societies in which it will develop in different ways many communes are going to develop that will be the way like olden time there was the village so in sanatan dharma you have two three dispensations of law one was the king is the ultimate supreme court but there were communities that decided and shubindu spoke uh, very positively about it the empowerment of the villages so there because they know the local issues they know the person they know why this fellow is a scoundrel <laughs> they know it very well supreme court doesn't know so when you go to the supreme court he goes by evidences and who will give evidence against this scoundrel they are afraid of being killed but in the village they know so it used to be village panchayat now we can't go back to a village panchayat but we certainly can have a system wherein in each commune because the world is going to come up through a meet you know coming together of various communes in a larger nation unit where there would be more and more autonomous structure which is different from self determination more autonomy which will allow diversity to flourish there is no other way you can allow diversity to flourish but more and more at every level there should be this kind of a natural free grouping where individuals who have proved that's how it used to be no in village panchayat who was the one and you see some of them had such a great uh, nobility i mean i know stories even in jammu kashmir because they were the leaders they were ready to die than do something which is injustice later on of course many things happened so we have to discover have a system if system there can be of such things so in our context we are very fortunate so in our context the hierarchy will be of course the mother and shurbindo and things which are in that light because she has um, we are very fortunate to have that kind of vision so the word of the rishi is the topmost reason cannot transcend the word of the rishi to put it in this way but again the word of the rishi should not be formulated in a very rigid way it is not something very external way because then you will end up doing the same mistake that is what happened the word of the rishi has to be received with all the suppleness humility wideness of the human consciousness and then it has to be implemented this is what i believe the change is taking place now more and more if i see the trends and this what is going to happen in the future people who are going to lead 
they will be those and this Shirobindo's prediction. So it will happen. It this alignment will happen. It says the individuals who will lead towards the greater spiritual age will have only the only faith they will have is in the spiritual conversion and evolution. They will be relatively indifferent to particular beliefs. They won't care about that. Okay, you believe in this that it's a prim early stage of. They will understand that well. Belief systems are all mind constructed formulas, but they will believe thoroughly in the spiritual conversion. So, meaning thereby, there is a stratification now. A new thing has emerged. One is a humanity which is not bothered deep into the bound by the you know iron chains. Then there is another layer of humanity which lives like an animal, and a third which is more mentalized, which keeps the animal under check. So freedom for the high end. The fourth, which is emerging, is the spiritual humanity. So freedom, the spiritual man has to has the responsibility. He has to make understand that well. Freedom doesn't mean I'll do what I like. That's what the mother said. Freedom does not mean that I will do what I like. That is regression. You are going back to the animal. It is better that you reason out. Better to have buddhi than. See, Sri Krishna gave it in such a beautiful way. He says that higher than the senses is the mind, which controls the senses. Higher than the mind is the buddhi, which gives direction to the mind. So you have those senses, then the rein around the horses, which is the mind, and then the buddhi, which holds the rein. And he says, higher than the buddhi is the great self. This is the hierarchy. And this is what is going to come automatically. There will be individuals which nature will place at the apex. It will favor them. See, this is the beauty of evolution. It will automatically favor those individuals who are more and more awakening to the inner spiritual sense. See, what has happened last fifty years or twenty, thirty years? I think, especially twenty years. The Market is market is a wrong word, but maybe the space, cyberspace, and everything is flooded with some kind of a spiritual aspiration, spiritual teaching from every side. Why this has happened? Who has done it? Frankly speaking, nobody has done it. It has happened because there is a need in the individuals for a new consciousness, and there are those who, whether they in, we are not discussing how well or how good or bad. But there, are, there is a kind of awakened interest in the spiritual conversion of mankind, and that is the kind of new law which will be much more flexible than the rational world order. It will be more based on the inner dharma. There are so many examples in Indian thought of what this dharma is, how you have to have different laws for different levels of evolution for different kind of humanity, which is. Placed at the apex, so this idea that constitution is the ultimate truth may be all right for reason, but there has to be discovered the book. Let me put it like that. That is yet not been written. Let me put it like this, and then probably if there are questions, we can take. We have to discover the unwritten chapters of the Veda, which is inbuilt within the heart of every creature. And those of us who are concerned about the new creation, about the change, it's given to us to discover it. 
otherwise of course uh, all else is there in the world <laughs> so those who have reached let's say again in the oroville context the other day i was speaking the same thing in savitri bhavan that how are we going to solve these problems the only way is by an increasing increasing the pace of spiritual evolution by growing sincerity within each individual the more you have such individual the more the change will precipitate we don't have to do anything when the ethos changes why did the mighty indian civilization fall when this see there were ashrams earlier so many ashrams you hear about what happened to those ashrams when all this changed and things were codified into fixed systems that's when the decline started shubindu says we want real yogins so people who are especially in places like oroville ashram where which is the uh, pall bearer of the new creation the emphasis should be on yoga which includes when people are coming at an entry point how did mother and shubindu take people it was not based on their outer qualification it was not based on you know um, how many hours of work they are willing to do if you read through the letter is very evident the criteria was do they have the call for the yoga that's why many were rejected it was those with a call for the yoga now what happens over a period of time when such a movement start later on it get diluted so you start picking up people based on somebody's relative somebody who speaks one language this is fatal so we have to once again get back to this truth that engage with each individual must engage more and more with the yoga cultivate the fire of yoga create group lives through study circles and you know where there is a constant reignition of this fire and slowly we will see that automatically the shift will take place that the divine has his ways which are beyond that things will change and they will change most unexpectedly can i read something i'll just read a passage from savitri which indicate this it comes at the end of kingdoms and godheads of the little mind so little mind culminates with reason ultimate and shubindu is foreseen its end now we are entering into an intuitive curve we have already entered law but a clockwork habit of blind force this reason reason up utmost ideals ethics systems had no base that's why it breaks down what does reason say i don't care about god there is no god but you should be a good person that's how shubindu says a strange and unreal gospel science brings it declares us as animal there is no godhead and then it wants us to behave like gods how can that be possible there is no basis so ideals ethics systems had no base if we are animal why should we behave like you know that's why it collapsed and soon collapsed or without sanction lived that's why people start questioning what is the point of honesty i see this happening that happening because there is no basis honesty strengthens your inner being it has nothing to do with getting your rewards so but this is not inbuilt all grew a chaos a heave and clash and strife ideas warring and fears leaped upon life 
a heart compression held down anarchy and liberty was only a phantom's name countries which most speak about liberty in the name of they swear by reason you see what happens to liberty there and i don't want to take names the statue of liberty is in a country which doesn't mind decimating decimating another nation just because of dollars and petrol just i mean these are facts hard facts but we stand for liberty why because you have built a civilization where there is god is outcast it's there on that note to please a certain group but he is outcast so an average person grows up with this idea that well whether he is or he is not doesn't matter we have to create an order that's what secularists want us to do which is so dangerous and liberty was only a phantom's name creation and destruction walls inarmed on the bosom of a torn and quaking earth all reeled into a world of kali's dance it's happening thus tumbled sinking sprawling in the void clutching for props a soil on which to stand she only saw a thin atomic vase so now you will see what will be the last attempted master stroke which will fail no 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 reason can still make your life wonderful ai you see how shubhendra is speaking of it the rare point sparse substratum universe which is the quantum world on which floats a solid world's phenomenal face alone a process of events was there and nature's plastic and protean change and strong by death to slay or to create the riven invisible atoms omnipotent force one chance remained that here might be a power to liberate man from the old inadequate means yeah is perfect diagnose you doctors are all redundant <laughs> maybe i should say thankfully i don't know how <laughs> whatever it is but this is what it will try and all then might serve to drive for reason then might grasp the original force to drive her car upon the roads of time all then might serve the need of the thinking race an absolute state found orders absolute see with ai there is no chance of even imagine ai dispensing justice very mechanically it will scan and say this fellow go there <laughs> no you can't document the inner things so to a standardized perfection cut all things in society build a just exact machine See, that's why I always say it is so beautiful in India. If the police catches you, this is how Indian socialism works. You say, "Bhaiya, our ears, they close. See, you know, why are you? We are. Eh, he will let you go. Maybe you, with fifty rupees, he goes and buys something for his children. But if this happens <laughs> in any other place, it's a standard formula. You just can't plead. It's according to the rule book." which is actually very dangerous people appreciate it i don't know how you know they were very happy that people were somewhere in singapore or you know i said thank god we are not singapore it's so dangerous if if this place were to become singapore 90% of all will will be in jail <laughs> so i mean that's not the approach 
इन सोसाइटी बिल्ड जस्ट एग्जैक्ट मशीन देन साइंस एंड रीजन केयरलेस ऑफ द सोल कुड आयरन आउट ए ट्रैंक्विल यूनिफॉर्म वर्ल्ड एनिक सीकिंग्स ग्लट एंड आउटवर्ड ट्रूथ्स एंड ए सिंगल पैटर्न थिंकिंग फोर्स ऑन माइंड आइडियोलॉजिकल वार्स विच आर टेकिंग प्लेस इनफ्लिक्टिंग मैटर्स लॉजिक ऑन स्पिरिट्स ड्रीम्स a reasonable animal make of man and a symmetrical fabric of his life this would be nature speak on an abs- obscure globe so might it be now comes to abindus punch line so might it be if the spirit fell asleep man then might rest content and live in peace master of nature who once her bond slave worked the world's disorder hardening into law this what ai is going to do if it it has its say the world's disorder hardening into law it will create a standardized perfection and a just exact machine it has the power to do so no we are its last bit is going through the world's disorder hardening into law if life's dire heart arose not in revolt so you will see many people revolting against it all over the world first time we had revolt against vaccination you see many things like that are happening if god within could find no greater plan lot of humor in savitri ha huh? this is one of them but many visaged is the cosmic soul it touch can alter the fixed front of fate this touch is got touch happening from somewhere a sudden turn can come a road appear a greater mind may see a greater truth or we may find when all the rest has failed hid in ourselves the key of perfect change this is what we were speaking about ascending from the soil where creep our days earth's consciousness may marry with the sun this is the supramental age our mortal life ride on the spirit's wings our finite thoughts commune with the infinite so to close time is running fast as the mother said there is a tremendous push for the spiritual evolution and that should become our focus the sooner the better He says, "Shubhendu wrote." Mother said, "This is a conversation in 1957." Shubhendu wrote, "If only man consents to be spiritualized, something in him wants it, but there is much that resists it." And at the end, she says, "If only you could say yes in your hearts." And then she says, toward the end of that long conversation, Shubhendu says. she first takes up this aphorism at the end she says sure bindu said if only man could consent to be spiritualized and then she says and i add time presses thank you okay i think we can just meditate ha ah, i don't mind but uh, Ah. Previously, you know, there were all monarchies and, uh, as you said, you know, rulers, inheritance, all those things came. They have constraints saying, if the ruler, if the person has the capacity, 
on the basis only he should rule hmm. so the kings and all it hmm. decided like also they were trained like that there was this idea of training the that's why the gurukuls yeah and one point uh, this democracy is you know people represented from the hmm. top and from the bottom and everywhere you know anybody could yes this is a very ideal system if it is executed really well right the problem is it's not an ideal system it is a system which was needed as an intermediary why because that old system had become effete it had become self defeating because the kings were no more representing what they were supposed to represent the the brahmins were no more brahmins except for paying lip service so the rational order came and broke religion that's what has happened see this system was based on religion everywhere it was like that so reason came and broke religion but reason created democracy and it's say so what is this hierarchy and all everybody is same it's not an ideal system frankly speaking uh, then shobindu says that in beautifully in in a vision of science that um, as religion is passing away and science and reason as the, the peak uh, she is passing but she is reminding that there is a third revolution which is going to come a third angel which is going to come and he says why you won't succeed because all questions thou mayest answer but one day her question shall await thee that reply her question is the sphinx that waits for thee beside the way her question thou must answer for they who cannot die she slays them and their mangled bodies lie upon the highways of eternity therefore if thou wouldst live answer first this one thing who art thou in this dungeon laboring what is the answer that democracy gives take an opinion poll of uh, let's say a sample size of 1000 people 99 will say 90 will say there is no god maybe is a belief system i don't know it's good to believe in god it helps you that's what they will say they don't know there is hardly any seeker so it's it's bound to fail it was never meant to be the it is a interim government that's all democracy and reason uh, is an interim government needed to tame the complete animal thing and because the old system had broken down it lost its truth that's no doubt about it so it had to break by no means i'm suggesting that you know the caste system and all that should come it's gone but the new, but this is not going to replace that's why i see in the west failure of democracy is becoming more and more evident the very same thought which welcomed everybody all are same equal now you are facing a problem isn't it so democracy is not an ideal system but it was needed its days are numbered rather it's over but what is going to come that's what mother and shobindu have foreseen it's still a long way is these can only come if there is a spiritualization of mankind it cannot come if we live in the mind so the urgency of discovering the psychic being the urgency of opening to higher planes if we don't do it there is the collapse because reason and religion cannot handle their days are numbered religion however hardcore it may be it cannot live long now okay thank you so much